Chapter Nine of the Barbados Girl by Barbara Hoffland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The foolish indulgence of Mr. Hanson had in no respect been more injurious to his only daughter than in the unrestrained permission to eat whatever she liked, and as much of it as she could swallow. On arriving at Mr. Harewood's, she found herself at a loss for many of the sweet and rich dishes she had been accustomed to eat of at her father's luxurious table, for although theirs was very well served, it consisted generally of plain and wholesome viands under these circumstances matilda made what she considered very poor dinners and she endeavoured to supply her loss by procuring sweet things and trash through the medium of zebby who in this particular was more liable to mislead her than any other person because she knew to what she had been used having frequently waited upon her when the little gormandizer had eaten the whole of any delicacy which happened to be provided for the company Mrs. Harewood took great pains to correct this evil, especially on Ellen's account, for as Matilda was not covetous, she was ever ready to share with her only companion the raisins and almonds, figs, gingerbread, biscuits, or comfits, which she was continually munching, and this Mrs. Harewood had a particular objection to, not only because it is bad for the health and lays the foundation for innumerable evils in the constitution, but because it renders young people hateful in their appearance since nothing can be more unladylike or disagreeable than the circumstance of being called to speak when the mouth is full or displaying the greediness of their appetite by cramming between meals stealing out of a room to fill the mouth in the passage or silently moving the jaws about and being obliged to blush with shame when caught in such disgraceful tricks in order to guard against this habit mrs harewood positively forbade her servants from bringing anything of the kind into the house but poor zebby from habit still obeyed her young missy and besides she had no idea that the enjoyments of fortune were good for anything else than to pamper the appetite so that it was a long time before she could be brought to desist from so pernicious a practice as however the mind of matilda strengthened and she began to employ herself diligently in those new branches of education now imparted to her she insensibly became weaned from this bad practice and at length inspired with a sincere desire to imitate her young friends she broke herself entirely from this disgusting habit and willingly adopted in everything the simple wholesome fare partaken by her young friends it was undoubtedly owing to this temperance that she preserved her health and even enjoyed it more than ever notwithstanding the change of climate but alas the good sense resolution and forbearance she thus acted with was not followed by the humble companion of her voyage the change zebby experienced in mr harewood's comfortable kitchen from the simple food to which as a slave she had been accustomed in the west indies was still greater though in an exactly contrary line than that of her young lady zebby soon learned to eat of the good roast and boiled she sat down to and exchanged the simple beverage of water for porter and beer in consequence of which she became much disordered in her health and when mrs harewood prescribed a little necessary physic as her mild persuasions were enforced by no threat and the prescription appeared to the unenlightened negro a kind of punishment she had no inclination to endure there was no getting her to swallow the bitter but salutary potion zebby had been a long time feverish and subject to headaches when the circumstance mentioned in the last chapter took place which so exhilarated her spirits 
that she declared she would be the first person who should use the new mangle which her pretty missy givee poor sally it is well known that the negroes are naturally averse to bodily labour and that although their faithfulness and affection render them capable of enduring extreme hardship and many privations yet they are rarely voluntarily industrious and it was therefore a proof of zebby's real kindness that she thus exerted herself unhappily a mode of labour entirely new to her and in her present sickly state requiring more strength than she possessed although had she used it freely some time before it would have done her good was now too much for her and she came home complaining in doleful accents that poor zebby have aches all over is sometimes so hot as barbados sometimes so cold as london mrs harewood was well aware that the good-tempered negro was seized with fever and she sent immediately for her apothecary who confirmed her fears and prescribed for her but as there was no getting her to swallow medicine he was obliged to bleed her and put a blister on her head which however did not prevent her from becoming delirious for several days poor zebby was at this time troubled with the most distressing desire to return to barbados and all her ravings were to this purpose and they were naturally very affecting to matilda who never heard them without being a little desirous of uniting her own wishes to behold her native country especially when she heard it coupled with the name of that only and now fondly beloved parent from whom she was so far separated and her tears flowed freely when she visited the bedside of the poor african but her sorrow increased exceedingly when she learned the danger in which poor zebby stood and found that her death was daily expected by all around bitter indeed were the tears she then shed and she would have given the world to have recalled those hasty expressions angry blows and capricious actions which had so often afflicted her humble attendant whose fidelity love humility and services she now could fully estimate and whose loss she would deeply deplore mrs harewood endeavoured to comfort her under this affliction by leading her to view the consolations which religion offers to the afflicted in general and she explained the nature of that beneficent dispensation whereby the learned and the ignorant the poor and the rich the slave and his master are alike brought to receive salvation as the free gift of god through the mediation of our merciful redeemer and comforted her with the hope that although poor zebby's mind was but little enlightened and her faith comparatively uninformed yet as to the best of her knowledge she had been devout and humble resting her claims for future happiness on that cornerstone the goodness of god in christ jesus so there was no reason to fear that she would not leave this world for a far better for a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens matilda's mind was deeply impressed with this holy and happy consolation but yet she could not help lamenting her own loss in one whom she no longer considered her slave and little better than a beast of burden but as her countrywoman her friend the partaker of that precious faith by which alone the most wise wealthy and great can hope to inherit the kingdom of heaven and she could not help praying for her restoration to health with all the fervour of which her heart was capable and many a promise mingled with her prayer that if it pleased god to restore her she would never treat her ill again and these promises she likewise repeated to mrs harewood and her governess 
neither of these ladies lost the opportunity thus offered of impressing on her mind the duties which every woman whatever may be her rank or situation in life does indeed owe to those whom providence hath placed under her they explained in particular the necessity of forbearance in point of manners and of consideration in her daily employments if said the good mistress i ring the bell twice or thrice where once would answer every purpose provided i gave myself the trouble of considering what i really wanted i not only waste my servant's time which would supply my wants and therefore injure myself in one sense but i waste the strength which is her only means of subsistence and i awaken that vexation of temper which although perhaps suppressed before me will yet rankle in her bosom and probably induce her to commit some injury on my property which is an actual sin in her thus my folly leads to her guilt and the very least mischief that can accrue is her unhappiness for who can be happy whose temper is perpetually ruffled by the cruel thoughtlessness of those who have the absolute disposal of their time their talents and in a great measure their dispositions depend upon it added miss campbell that as we are assured in the scriptures that for every idle word we shall be brought to account so in a particular manner must we be judged for all those idle words and actions which have inflicted on any of our fellow-creatures pains we have no right to bestow or tempted them to sins they had no inclination to follow the petty tyrannies of our whims changes and fancies of our scoldings complainings peremptory orders and causeless contradictions will all one day swell that awful list of sins of which it may be truly said we cannot answer one in a thousand when miss campbell ceased speaking ellen who although not affected so violently as matilda had yet felt much for zebby's situation and was seriously desirous of profiting by all she heard said in a low voice i will do everything for myself i will never trouble susan or betty or anybody mrs harewood knew the bent of her daughter's mind and that although from the sweetness of her temper and the mildness of her manners she was not likely to fall into matilda's errors there were others of an opposite class from which it was necessary to guard her she therefore added although consideration and kindness are certainly the first duties to be insisted upon in our conduct yet there are others of not less importance it is the place of every mistress to exact obedience to reasonable commands and the execution of all proper services if she does not do this she deserts her own station in society defeats the intentions she was called to fulfil and which made her the guide and guardian not the companion and fellow-server of her servants in abandoning them to their own discretion she lays upon them a burden which either from ignorance or habit they are probably unequal to endure since it is certain that many truly respectable persons in this class have been only so while they were under the controlling eye or leading mind of their superiors besides all uncommon levity of manners like all unbecoming freedom in conversation more frequently arises from weakness or idleness in the parties and ought to be guarded against in our conduct as never failing to be degradatory to ourselves and very far from beneficial to those they affect to serve it is possible to be very friendly yet very firm to be gentle yet resolute and at once a fellow-christian and a good master to those whom providence hath rendered our dependence 
ellen listened to this with attention and endeavoured to understand and apply it but both she and matilda continued to pay the most affectionate attentions to poor zebby whose disorder in a few days took a more favourable turn than could have been expected although the delirium did not immediately subside but rather affected her general temper which under its influence appeared as remarkably unpleasant and tormenting to herself and all around as it was formerly kind and obliging this period was indeed trying to matilda who was by no means sufficiently confirmed in her virtuous resolutions or good habits to endure reproaches where she merited thanks even in a case where she was aware of deranged intellect and real affection either of which ought to have led her to endure the wild sallies and troublesome pettishness of the suffering negro it must however be allowed that if she did not do all she ought she yet did more than could have been once expected and very greatly increased the esteem and approbation of her friends matilda when she was not influenced by the bodily indolence which was natural to her as a west indian and which was rather a misfortune than her fault was apt to be too active and bustling for the stillness required in a sick chamber and whatever she did was done with a rapidity and noisiness more in unison with her own ardent desire of doing good than the actual welfare of the person she sought to relieve whereas ellen never for a moment lost sight of that gentle care and considerate pity which was natural to a mind attuned to tenderness from its very birth and many a time would she say hush matilda don't speak so loud have a care how you shut the door one day they both happened to go in just as the nurse was going to give the patient a basin of broth let me give it her said matilda you know she always likes me to give her anything sometimes she does when she knows you but her head wanders to-day sadly never mind replied matilda in her hurrying manner and taking the broth from the woman in such a way that the basin shook upon the plate on which ellen said have a care the broth seems very hot indeed too hot for zebby to take matilda fancied this caution an indirect attack upon her care and she went to the bedside immediately and bolting up to the patient who was sitting raised by pillows she offered the broth to her saying come zebby let me feed you with this nice food it will do you good the warm fume of the basin was offensive to the invalid me no likey brothies said she and as it was not instantly removed she unhappily pushed away the plate and turned the scalding contents of the basin completely into the bosom of poor matilda as she reclined towards her shrieking with pain and stamping with anger matilda instantly cried out that she was murdered and the wretch should be flayed alive ellen shocked terrified and truly sorry called out in an agony mamma dear mamma come here this moment poor matilda is scalded to death the nurse the servants and mrs harewood herself were in a few moments with the sufferer and the latter although she dispatched the footman for a surgeon did not for a moment neglect the assistance and relief in her own power to bestow she scraped some white lead into a little thick cream and applied it with a feather all over the scalded parts and in a very short time the excruciating pain was relieved and the fire so well drawn out by it that when the surgeon arrived he made no change in the application but desired it might be persisted in and said he had no doubt of a cure being speedily obtained if the patient were calm during the former part of this time matilda continued to scream incessantly with the air of a person whose unmerited and intolerable sufferings gave a right to violence 
and even when she became comparatively easy she yet uttered bitter complaints against sebby as the cause of the mischief never taking into consideration her own share of it nor recollecting that she acted both thoughtlessly and stubbornly in neglecting the advice of ellen and that although her principal motive was the endeavour to benefit zebby yet there was a deficiency in actual kindness when she offered her broth it was impossible for the poor creature to taste such however was the commiseration for her injury felt by all those around her that no one would in the moment of her punishment say a word that could be deemed unkind and soothings rather than exhortations were all that were uttered at length the storm was appeased matilda declaring herself much easier was laid upon the sofa and a gentle anodyne being given to her she closed her eyes and if she did not sleep she appeared in a state of stupor which much resembled sleep it so happened that the hot liquid had in falling thrown many drops upon her face which gave her so much pain at the moment that she thought she was scalded much worse than she really was as did those around her but ellen as she watched her slumbers now perceived that this was a very transient injury and she observed to her mamma that she hoped matilda's good looks would not be spoiled by the accident at least that her beauty would be restored before her mother's arrival from the west indies before that time returned mrs harewood i trust matilda will have attained such a degree of mental beauty as would render the total destruction of her personal beauty a trifling loss in comparison to the eye of a thinking and good mother such as i apprehend mrs hanson to be but surely mamma it is a good thing to be handsome i mean if people happen to be handsome it is a pity they should lose their beauty it is my dear to a certain degree a pity for a pretty face like a pleasant prospect gives pleasure to the beholder and leads the mind to contemplate the great author of beauty in his works and rejoice in the perfection everywhere visible in nature the possessors of beauty may however so often spare it with advantage to themselves and their near connections that the loss of it provided there is neither sickness nor any very disgusting appearance left behind does not appear to me a very great misfortune but surely mamma people may be both very pretty and very good undoubtedly my dear but such are the temptations handsome people are subject to that they are much more frequently to be pitied than envied yet envy from the illiberal and malicious seldom fails to pursue them and when they are neither vain nor arrogant generally points them out as both i have often wished to be handsome mamma because i thought people would love me if i were but if that is the case i must have been mistaken mamma indeed you were my child personal charms however attractive to the eye do not blind or even engage the heart unless they are accompanied by good qualities which would have their effect you know without beauty nay even in ugly persons when we become thoroughly acquainted with them can you suppose ellen that if you were as handsome as the picture over the chimney-piece that you would be more dear to me on that account or that you would in any respect contribute more to my happiness you would not love me better dear mamma but yet you would be more proud of me i should think then i must be a very weak woman to be proud of that which implied no merit either in you or me and which the merest accident might as we perceive destroy in a moment but this i must add 
that if with extraordinary beauty you possessed sufficient good sense to remain as simple in your manners and as active in the pursuit of intellectual endowments as i hope to see you then i might be proud of you as the usual expression is for i beg you to remember that strictly speaking it is wrong to be proud of anything zebby always said that mr hanson was very proud of matilda i suppose it was of her beauty i suppose so too and you could not have brought forward a more decisive proof of the folly and sin of pride and the inefficacy of beauty to procure love than in the conduct and qualities of the persons in question mr hanson's pride of his daughter's beauty rendered him blind to her faults or averse to correcting them and from his indulgence the effect of that very beauty for which he sacrificed every real excellence was so completely impaired that i am sure with all your predilection for a pretty face you will allow that matilda with all those red spots plastered with white ointment is a thousand times more agreeable than matilda with bright eyes and ruddy cheeks on her first landing oh yes yes cried ellen looking at her with the tenderest affection and relapsing into tears which had frequently visited her eyes since the time of the terrible accident the opiate had now spent itself and matilda giving a slight shudder awoke and looked at ellen with a kind of recollective gaze that recalled the events of the morning and which was succeeded by a sense of pain what is the matter ellen you are crying have you been scalded no said the affectionate child but you have a confused recollection of all the particulars of the affair now came to matilda's memory and as by degrees they arose on her mind she became ashamed of the extreme impatience she had exhibited and surprised that ellen could love and pity so much a girl whose conduct was so little likely to ensure affection and respect and although the pain became every moment more troublesome she forbore most magnanimously to complain until the changes in her complexion induced mrs harewood to say i think matilda we had better apply the ointment again to your wound you are still suffering from the fire i see if you please ma'am with a light and skilful hand mrs harewood again touched the wounds and immediate ease followed but ere she had finished her tender operation matilda caught that kind hand and pressing it fondly to her lips bathed it with her tears they were those of gratitude and contrition i fear you are in much pain still said her kind friend though she partly comprehended her feelings oh no you have given me ease but if you had not i would not have minded i feared indeed i am certain that i behaved very ill quite shamefully this morning and you are so so good to me that that matilda was choked by her sobs and mrs harewood took the opportunity of soothing her not by praising her for virtues she had not exercised but by calling upon her to show them in her future conduct although she did so far conciliate as to say that the suddenness of the injury in some measure excused the violence she had manifested matilda gave a deep sigh and shook her head in a manner which manifested how far this went in palliation and was aware that much of error remained unatoned she inquired how zebby was and if she was sensible she has been so ever since your accident which appeared to recall her wandering senses by fixing them to one point and as her fever is really abated i trust she will soon be better matilda hastily sprang from the sofa and though in doing so she necessarily greatly increased the pain under which she laboured 
yet she suppressed all complaint and hurried forward to zebby's room followed by mrs harewood and ellen the former of whom was extremely desirous at once to permit her to ease her heart and yet to prevent her from injuring herself by adding to the inflammation of her wound it was a truly affecting spectacle to behold matilda soothing and comforting the poor black woman who had not for a moment ceased to reproach herself since the screams of the young lady had brought her to her senses and her invectives to the knowledge of her own share in the transaction it was in vain that the nurse and the servants of mrs harewood had endeavoured to reconcile her by the repeated assurance that let the young lady say what she pleased yet no harm could reach her that in old england every servant had law and justice as much on their side as their master could have this was no consolation to the faithful negro who appeared rather to desire even unmerited punishment than seek for excuse she incessantly upbraided herself for having killed pretty missy and breaking the heart of her good mistress and when she beheld the plastered face of matilda these self-reproaches increased to the most distressing degree and threatened a complete relapse to the disorder she had yet hardly escaped from you could not help it zebby it was all an accident and ought to be chiefly attributed to my own foolishness said matilda oh no it was me bad and foolish missy me naughty same you used to be pushy here and pushy there in bad pets it was all me breaky heart of poor missus she coming over great seas thinky see you all good and pretty as english lady and den you be shocking figure all covered with spotty oh deary oh deary perhaps come fever then you go to the death you will be buried in dark hole and mamma never never see you again the desponding tones of this speech went far beyond its words and matilda combining with it the caution she had heard the medical gentleman make respecting fever and the first exclamation of ellen that matilda was scalded to death induced her to suppose that there was really danger in her case and after repeatedly assuring zebby of her entire forgiveness and regard she returned to the apartment she had quitted with a slow step and an air of awe and solemnity such as her friends had never witnessed before after matilda had lain down on the sofa some minutes she desired ellen to get her materials for writing but soon found that the pain in her breast rendered it impossible for her to execute her design i will write for you said ellen that won't do i wanted with my own hand to assure dear mamma that poor zebby was not to blame nor anybody else my dear said mrs harewood we can do that by and by when your mamma comes over but if ma'am if i should die mrs harewood could scarcely forbear an inward smile but she answered her with seriousness and did not lose the opportunity of imprinting upon her mind many salutary truths connected with her present situation not forgetting to impress strongly the necessity which every christian has of being ever ready to obey that awful summons which may be expected at any hour and from which there is no appeal but she concluded by an assurance that in a few days the present disorder would be completely removed in case she guarded her own temper from impetuosity and observed the regimen prescribed to her when matilda's fears on this most important point were subsided she adverted to her face but it was only to inquire whether it was likely to be well before her mother came she being naturally and properly desirous of saving her dear parent from any pain which could arise from her appearance 
and when her fears on this head were likewise relieved she became more composed in her spirits and more anxious than ever to prove by future good conduct her sense of contrition for the past and resolution for the future and although she was most thankful for the sympathy of her friends she never sought it by useless complainings or aggravated her sufferings in order to win their pity or elicit their praise and by her perseverance and patience a cure was obtained much sooner than could have been expected from the nature of the accident zebby regularly amended as she perceived the great object of her anxiety amend also and the sense she entertained of her late danger the gratitude she felt for the kindness she had been treated with and above all the self-denial to which she perceived her young lady accustomed herself in order to recover induced her henceforward to become temperate in her use of food and tractable as to the means necessary for preserving her health and to perceive her duty with regard to the commands given by her young lady to whom she was now more truly attached than ever for the attachment of improved minds goes far beyond that of ignorance End of chapter nine